This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. She said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, you probably know our first guest as Inspector Brackenreed on the hit CBC series Murdoch Mysteries. Thomas Craig is going to be here to tell us all about a brand new play he's starring in called Soldier On, which is coming to Toronto at the end of the month. Jennifer Gross is also going to be here, and she's actually producing the show, and it follows what happens when a company of ex-soldiers decide to become a company of actors. Although worlds apart, they begin to realize there are more similarities between military life and the theatre than they realize. Sounds interesting. Now, we know that entrepreneurs and small business owners are usually pretty passionate about what they do, and they'll pour their lifeblood into their business. In fact, new research suggests that 40% of small business owners will invest surplus cash into their business rather than pay themselves. Amazing. Well, we're going to speak with Nancy Taylor. She's a wealth management advisor at Meridian Credit Union, and she's going to tell us how to build personal wealth while still building your business. Thinking of taking a road trip, our lifestyle expert Lena Almeida will be here with all kinds of options for weekend getaways, including where to stay, what's to love, and how to get there. Film critic Anne Brody will tell us what to watch and avoid at the movies this weekend, and you want to head over to whatshesaidtalk.com because she has interviews up with actress Isabel Huppert and Midway director Roland Emmerich. And don't forget to give us a follow on social media, What She Said Talk, and download our free podcast wherever you listen. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rate subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. You may know our next guest as Inspector Brackenreed on the hit CBC series Murdoch Mysteries. Thomas Craig is here now to tell us about a brand new play he's starring in called Soldier On, coming to Toronto at the end of the month. Also in studio with us is Jennifer Gross, who's producing the show. Welcome to What She Said. 
Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us, Christine. Now, Soldier On follows what happens when a company of ex-soldiers decide to become a company of actors. Great concept. So tell us more about the story. Well, the, the play takes the form of a play within a play. So there's a character called Harry, who's a failed actor, and he's trying to direct a group of veterans, plus their families, not just veterans, but their wives, their girlfriends, their mothers, and he wants to put a play on. He wants to kind of find out about how PTSD affects veterans through drama. So it's, 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 it's been, when we did it in London, one of the critics called it the full military Monty. Oh, really? Yeah. So it starts off... There's real testimonies from real veterans that we use, that we weave into the play, but it's it's a, a new piece of writing entirely. So would you say it's about those who come home after the war but don't really come back? Yeah, exactly. And when we've done it to the audiences of full military people, the families realise that they didn't actually know what was going on and it gives them an insight into why their partner or their husband is the way he is from coming back from the battlefield. Yeah, not the same. No, not at all. Not the same person at all. So although you would think that people in the military and people on the stage are worlds apart, I understand they begin to realise there are many more similarities between the two worlds, if you will, than they realise. So tell us some of those similarities. Well, you're a company of soldiers and you're a company of actors. And in the play, we've got a cast of 17 and we've got seven veterans, seven real-life veterans in the cast. And the funny thing is, they're always late for rehearsal. You'd think the military <laughs> lads would be on, on the ball and on time, but they're not. I think they think theatre's a bit more loose than it is, and actors are used to being on time all the time. That's the first lesson I remember at drama school, getting drilled into me, never be late. Never be late, yeah. yeah. Now, Thomas, we know you have a passion for theatre and try to do it whenever you're back home in London, England. You performed this play there last year. Why did you want to bring it to Toronto? Uh, We did it twice. We did it at a small venue in West London, 130-seater, and then somebody from Andrew Lloyd Webber's other Palace Theatre took us there at the end of the year to a 330-seat theatre. And then my friend Roland, uh, who works with Jennifer, they came Mm -hmm. to see the show in November... And Jennifer's boss, Roland, is an ex... Uh, he was in the tank regiment, Canadian tank regiment. And he, he saw the play, loved it, and he decided he wanted to bring it to Toronto. And because I work here, I thought, that's fantastic for me. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer might be able to tell you how they, why they come to bring it here. Yeah, it just kind of... He was... He's like, this is something... Well, I saw it, first of all, I saw it like in March last year. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, this is something that needs to be seen because you just kind of, you realize what they've gone through and you realize it's not, un- it's unfair. And it gives you a better idea of what's happened. So I, that's when I went to Roland. I'm like, I feel like this needs to be seen. And when he came over in November, he's like, let's do this. And then just kind of looked at me and I was like, oh, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> okay. So this has been a year in the making and now it's all coming together. And Yeah, so Roland's yeah. back the show financially, but yeah. he's put all the work on Jennifer and she's never produced <laughs> oh, a play dear. in her life. <laughs> no. so, so she's had uh, she's gone through every emotion in the last six months, I think. <laughs> but I've had Tommy, he's been very supportive. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you both hope people take away from watching this? So mm. I'm listening to this, I haven't seen it, but I'm thinking this would be something amazing for all Canadians to see. We're, we're constantly trying to remind people of what the price is that some people have paid for the life that we live. Exactly. And uh, we've actually got a Canadian, we've got four Canadians in this production, mm-hmm. but in the original production we just had one Canadian lad who'd served in the British Royal Marines and he lost his leg in an IED blast in Afghanistan. So this is Cassidy Little from Newfoundland 
and Cass lost his leg and his eye in a in a blast. And he's a great actor as well. But you, we just don't. We sit here and we go to the pub or whatever. I mean, there's lads abroad and they're putting their lives on the line, and we don't realise what they do for us. And then when they come home, we do home, they get, intellectually, yes. but we don't really yeah. understand. Um, we, we don't really take it home. No, no. You know, and our children need to know this, right? Well, yeah, because I think they just like there's a really heavy part in the play that where you see the kids are affected and the families, and that's when it hits you. Because I mean, it is very the play is very funny as well. It's very entertaining. It's very entertaining. It's not just heavy, <laughs> but there is. But it makes you realize what people do go through and why they're going through it. And I think that's just an important message because you don't like. I remember my granddad when he was in the war. He didn't speak of it. And I it's funny. I've heard thing. that so many times yeah. from people saying that they had a member of the family, never quite the same, wouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, the, 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 the veterans we have in the play are all like 40 and below. So they do kind of talk about it. Do you know what I mean? They're obviously from a different generation a different where we generation. talk about things. Yeah. So we do get to hear their stories uh, off stage in the dressing room. And they're quite remarkable when, you know, you're about to go on stage with a lad and he's telling you what he did. Five years ago in Afghanistan, it's, it's, it's a bit mind-blowing. Jennifer, this is also being produced by the Soldiers Arts Academy, an outlet for military personnel and their families to participate in the creative and performing arts. So tell us more about that. Is that just in the GTA? Where Where is the... No, that's uh, well, the Soldiers Arts yeah. Academy are a British-run uh, oh. organisation. Yeah, oh. They produced the play originally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they aim to rehabilitate, rehabilitate veterans through the arts. Do we have anything comparable in this country? Uh, uh, true Patriot Love? I think True Patriot Love does. But, so, I don't but think, not through the arts. Not through so the arts, no. Yeah. I think a lot of them do more through the sports and stuff. How, I, I don't know whether this is an unfair question to ask you because mm. you, you don't run that organization, but what kind of success rate do they have? Well, uh, they've been running for seven years and they've got a tie-in with the Globe Theatre in London. Okay. Uh, they did a play about four or five years ago called The Two Worlds of Charlie F that came to Toronto yeah. that the Mervishes produced right. and Cassidy was in that show. Yeah. But this is a different beast entirely. So, But they, they, they've got a broad arm. It's not just acting. They're trying to get people involved in all, all various aspects of the arts. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Tell us where uh, the proceeds from ticket sales are going, because I think this is amazing. Well, Roland has started his own foundation called the Roland Gossage Foundation, and we are working with True Patriot Love. So the money that will be raised will be given to True Patriot Love. Too. And they do? Uh, they have so many different programs. Um, they've actually got a giant gala um, Thursday night. Yeah. Um, so they've. I think what you do is you can put the proceeds in, and then they've got different it goes to different vets and different military families to help them all out. I think they have about 19,000 members yeah. across yeah, across Canada. So it's not just a Toronto-based yeah. uh, mm-hmm. organisation. Well, I think this is amazing. But before we go, because we don't have too much more time, Thomas, you were once a plumber who wanted to act, correct? <laughs> <laughs> I was a plumber. I don't know if I wanted to act, but uh, I, I fell into but acting. You, but you ended up on Coronation Street before your character was killed. You auditioned for Murdoch Mysteries and have been on the show ever since. I understand yeah. the new season just wrapped filming. What can you tell us about that? I never actually auditioned for Murdoch Mysteries. You didn't? It, no, it was in the days before uh, you put yourself on, on tape and I just had a showreel, uh, you know, a, a DVD with about three minutes of scenes and I got a call from my agent to send it to an address in Canada 
And I thought, oh, that's never going to happen. And I, I, sent the sh- I sent the showreel off, and about a month later, I had I'd got the job. Yeah. And I was told it was two months in Vancouver and that I was playing Murdoch. <laughs> and I was like, and then I found out it was four months in Toronto and I was playing Murdoch's boss. So it was a bit like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> and four months turned into? Yeah, four months has turned into 12, 12 years. So we've Good. been doing it 12 and a half years, and we've just finished uh, season 13. That's amazing. So Toronto has become my second home. So Soul Chiron opens Thursday, November 28th, and runs until Sunday, December 8th. No. Uh, no. Sorry. It, it opens Tuesday the 26th. Tuesday the 26th runs until? December the 8th. December the 8th. 16 performances. At the Berkeley Street Theatre. Where can people go to get tickets? On our website, uh, www.soulgeronttoronto.com. Or at www.canadianstage.com. Yes. Thomas Craig and Jennifer Gross, you are both charming. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I hope everyone buys tickets and they can also donate to Patriot Love. Can I just say that also there's deals for first responders Mm. from fire department, police and ambulance. Oh, so great. There's deals for first responders. Because PTSD just didn't affect the military. Yeah, it affects so many people. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch, Sundays at Draco. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Investing in your own business may be essential for growth, but our next guests say business owners shouldn't forget to take care of their own personal wealth and financial wellness as well. Joining us now is Nancy Taylor. She's a wealth management advisor at Meridian Credit Union. And we also have Linda Crago. She is a Meridian member and the owner and operator of Tree and Twig, which is an heirloom vegetable farm. Welcome, ladies, to What She Said. Thank you for having us. We know that entrepreneurs and small business owners are invariably very passionate about what they do and will pour their lifeblood into their business. In fact, some research suggests that 40% of small business owners will invest surplus cash into their business before they'll pay themselves. 
Nancy, trying to build personal wealth while building your business can be tough. Why is it so important? It's important um, to keep them separate and diversify. If you keep everything you have in your business and the business isn't successful, there's no plan B. So making sure that you save along the way and pay yourself um, is essential. And making sure you don't um, take money out of your personal investments to put everything into your business. So having a plan B um, just makes sense you're well diversified for the inevitable if, if your business is not successful. Well, according to a recent poll, 42% of Canadian small business owners say they are unsure about their plans for retirement. And 21% of small business owners say they aren't sure if they have enough money to retire or if their business will attract potential buyers. Linda, you built a successful business as an organic farmer and food supplier, and you are now transitioning to a new chapter in your life. So tell us about that. Um, well... I have the benefit of having run a small farm, and I've kept it small on purpose. Um, when I started my business, there were lots of opportunities that I decided I didn't want to take advantage of because they were going to um, the cost of doing them was going to outweigh the benefit. So I've kept my business small. Um, that's allowed me to sort of, you know, set some some funds aside. I haven't invested invested a ton in my business. Um, I've decided to work really hard instead of buying lots of machinery and hiring a lot of people. Um, and I've set myself up really well for the future. I feel comfortable. I feel confident. Um, I live a, you know, a frugal lifestyle. Um, that's how I was raised and that's how I've continued to live. And, um, I'm transitioning sort of out of my business slowly over the next probably four years. And, um, I have a small, another small business on the side that'll just provide a little bit of cash flow until I decide I'm not even going to do that. So... You're transitioning out of a successful business? Um, which Are you selling it? No. Uh, well, I haven't really decided if I would or not. I, I may because I, I have, you know, the business has a little bit of a name and it could do well, I think, um, without me. But um, I, so I grow a crop that actually um, I make jewelry with. So that's kind of, it's kind of like a natural sort of, um, a natural sort of transition into something else that's you know, that's interesting for me. So, yeah. And I, I and with the farming, it's very labor intensive. At, quite honestly, after like all these years, I just kind of got tired. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you're allowed. You're yeah. allowed. So, but as you say, you are a natural saver. Uh, you follow a pretty frugal lifestyle. And Nancy is actually your wealth management advisor. What has it been like working together? Um, what are some of the things you guys discuss and talk about? Well, Nancy's really open to listening to some of my ideas. So, um, like, so in terms of sort of, um, you know, I've become more aware of um, like sustainable investing. So we've talked about that. Um, I uh, talked about sort of investing, you know, in in property as opposed to just keeping all my, you know, all my my money sort of in in the market. Um, so she's always been open to those things and sort of supported those decisions. And I guess, you know, the, the bottom line is I understand very clearly, and we've talked about this, that I could put my money elsewhere and, and pay f fewer fees, and I understand that, but I feel more comfortable knowing that, you know, she's looking after my money, um, that I have that support, I, there's, you know, somebody I can go to, and I'm really, like, very happy with, with how everything's done, so 
I'm content to sort of, you know, leave everything there. So what are the qualities of Nancy or the service that you get from Nancy that you value? Um, I guess the bottom line is I trust her and I trust what she's saying and I trust that she's looking after my, you know, she's looking after my well-being. I, I really truly do feel that. So it's not just a, bl you don't feel like it's a blanket solution for everybody. She's listening to you. That's what I, And Taylor yeah. making something for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Is that tough to do that with a myriad of clients? It's not if you actually listen to what their needs are and understand them. Every person that you meet with has different needs, and they save differently. Um, I, I really believe business owners are so passionate about what they do, and they're so great at what they do, that they need to have really good centers of influence around them. They don't maybe always listen to everything you say, but they're, they educate themselves on what is the most appropriate strategies for their business. So having that highly skilled professionals at the table whether it's your lawyer or your accountant or your financial advisor, to me is that's an educated decision. You know, yes. you worked so hard to grow your business. Why would you not want to work hard to ensure that that business is sustainable and what are the next steps and making sure all your centers of influence are working hard for you mm -hmm. and you do what you do best and, and the passion that you mm -hmm. have with the business that you have. Yeah. So really good, successful owners understand that they need um, – people around them to help lift them up sometimes and, and provide them with information at the end or of the day. Or they need to make... lean on other areas of expertise, people who mm -hmm. have that expertise, right? Yes, yeah, so I lean on her for my vegetable garden yeah. <laughs> advice. <laughs> it's a win-win. So, uh, Nancy, what's the difference between an unincorporated business like Linda's and an incorporated business? Uh, an unincorporated business is a sole proprietor. Um, so it's usually a smaller business owner, but often businesses want to grow to a bigger level, like a multinational level, they become incorporated. So it's a separate legal entity. Um, understanding um, the tax ramifications around both and the costs, are, are, so you would seek advice for that. But uh, for people like Linda that are smaller business owners and want to keep their costs down and just promote what they do best, um, just making sure they diversify and save outside of having mm -hmm. everything in their business is really key. Not putting, because a lot of business owners, they get to a certain point and they want to grow farther and they make mistakes like drawing their RSPs out because if they can only bring their business to the next level. But by, by withdrawing your RSPs and using all your savings isn't necessarily the best option. You want to make sure you protect yourself and you grow your business at the same time. Both are essential for your success. Very quickly, what would be the three most important tips for an unincorporated business like Linda's and the three most important tips for an incorporated business? Invest in yourself, uh, making sure you have key people around you to provide you advice along the way, and um, save. Don't spend more than what your business is bringing in, and uh, that should be a recipe for success, I think. And incorporated? Same thing? Incorporated, the same thing. The problem with incorporated sometimes is they, all of their assets are in one industry, mm -hmm. and that's high risk. So pulling business money out of the business or investing your excess cash flow in the business and not having it just parked in the corporation, getting it working harder for you. There's a lot of great tax strategies in ensuring that will diversify your business, not having everything just in the business. Where can people go to get more information? 
um, at our Meridian website, www.meridiancu.ca. And for any potential business owners who are out there, um, uh, maybe they're incorporated, maybe they're unincorporated, and they're realizing that maybe they do need some expertise, uh, can they find someone like you at any branch? They can. And if they need any garden advice, they can reach Linda by. <laughs> yeah, treeandtwig.squarespace.com. Treeandtwig.squarespace.com. Squarespace.com. Yeah. Yeah. And where are you? I am in the Niagara region, in a, in a, just outside of a teeny place called Wellenport. Oh. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Nancy Taylor and Linda Crago, thank you so much for joining us today. Lots of food for thought. Frank. Thank you for thank you. Us. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. Yay! And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, and today we are talking about fall road trip destinations. Welcome, Lena. Oh, thank you. I've got Ooh. my puffy sweater I know. On. <laughs> Who doesn't love a great road trip? I love fall, especially for road trips, because, you know, the weather is tolerable. The, the backdrops of the beautiful colors and the foliage are amazing. And I think it's easier to navigate tourist attractions no matter where you're driving, because, you know, the kids are in school. Who doesn't I want to take a road trip this season. I think it's a great idea. As long as you can separate the kids. <laughs> well, we'll we're going yeah, to we're gonna get, we're gonna to, get that. to that. But first, my first destination would be Ottawa. It's great because it's only about a four-hour drive from the GTA, making it an easy option even just for a weekend getaway. Ottawa's gorgeous. Oh, I love Ottawa. And rather than me telling you what to do in Ottawa, I'm actually going to start by telling you where to stay because the Western Ottawa is actually ideally located right in the heart of downtown Ottawa. And it has some some of the city's most revered attractions only steps away. So, in fact, we were there a few weeks ago, and once we drove in and parked, we were good. We didn't need to move our vehicle again because we could walk everywhere from Parliament Hill to Byward Market, which is their great oh, farmer's market. Oh, I know. Oh. I used to live in Ottawa. It's amazing. This time of year. Oh, I know. And all the little shops I around know. there. It's just wonderful. It is so good. And then, of course, we took a walk along the path surrounding the Rideau Canal. It was perfect. So especially for families, it allows you to be more flexible with your sightseeing plans, knowing that you don't have to keep driving and parking and getting out. Everything is just there. So what about shopping? Because, you know, <laughs> shopping is kind of like, if you tell me there's shopping where I'm going, even though I'm looking at the sights and yes. the fall leaves, I'm... 
Okay. I'm going to blow your mind because the Westin Auto is actually attached. Oh, no. <laughs> to the, yes. You can actually access it from the hotel, the CF Rideau Center Shopping Mall. So perfect for plan B. In fact, on one of the days that we were there, it was a bit rainy. So we said, you know what? Instead of being cooped up in the hotel room, we just went to the mall and it was great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's the Westin Ottawa. Great for families. Perfect for road trips. But if you want to escape the cold a bit, and I mean, I think we both have talked about this before. I can legitimately call Orlando my home away from home. Take a little bit of a longer road trip. I know a lot of Canadians do it. And you can enjoy the city of Orlando, especially in fall, without being in that 35 plus degree temperature. Because it's a great time, you know, weather-wise to go to Orlando as well. So if you feel like hitting up some of Orlando's world-famous theme parks. Um, You can do so with lower crowd levels, and so many of them now already have holiday theming, which I think is amazing. And in fact, when I was researching for this segment and talking about like Mm. road trips and Canadians, I I came across a government study from 2018 which says that Canada is actually Florida's most important economic partner with 3.7 million visitors annually. So, I mean, where are you going to stay in Orlando when you take that road trip? I've talked about this property several times on the show before, and I'm not stopping. So you know I love it, and that's the Wyndham Grand Orlando Resort, Bonnet Creek. It's hands down my favorite hotel in Orlando. And what's to love? Five pools, two lazy rivers, their very own mini golf course, the Blue Harmony Spa, which is amazing, fine dining restaurants, and the best part, it's located within the Walt Disney World gates and offers free luxury shuttles to the parts. Here's the thing. Rates start at just 189 Canadian. Are you kidding? No. Canadian. Yeah. Oh, we already already have the pricing in in Canadian? Oh, well, that's lovely. It's affordable, too. So, WyndhamGrandOrlando.com is your website. And then, finally, I mean, we need a perfect vehicle for the road trip, of course. And we recently had the chance to enjoy an extended test drive of the Lexus RXL. And this is the three-row edition of the popular RX SUV. And even though we're a family of four... (laughs) Look at your trips. eyes yes. sparkling. They're lighting three, up now. <laughs> three rows. One for me and hubby, one for you, yes. and another for you. And if you cross over, you're at the side That's of the road. That's it. We separated the kids, <laughs> and we did not hear boo from them for really? hours. It was luxurious. So... What I liked, what I loved about the SUV was the heated steering wheel and seats, the dual zone automatic climate control, because I'm always a different temperature from my husband. And I think the exterior is gorgeous, which is highlighted by a power moonroof and alloy wheels. Now, if you're talking to my husband about what he loved, he would say the voice activated navigation system. It has a huge two point, um, excuse me, 12.3 inch display and the Lexus remote touch interface. And what we both loved, the Lexus Safety System Plus. So this is actually a bundle of active safety technologies, such mm-hmm. as pre-collision, pre-collision avoidance system, pedestrian detection, lane departure alert, a backup camera, you name it. All that but stuff all is that stuff. so important. Look at all the pedestrian accidents. Absolutely. Does and it for beep families, for everything? It, it, it does. And I like that. I want that. The yeah. blind spot monitor beep away. was beep away. amazing. Yes. Keep me from doing harm. Especially for families. So I don't actually have enough time to sing the praises of the RXL. So I'm going to direct you to my blog, listentolena.com, to to read my recent review of the Lexus RXL. And of course, you can visit Lexus.ca for more information about the SUV. Well, thank you. As usual, here you are with all this great news. And by the way, just as a side note, Orlando is not my second home, but my son went to school there and has 
like deep memories. Be still my heart. Yeah. I can't wait to get yep. there next. <laughs> he, he has a whole community there. He's a family there. Lovely. So it's wonderful. Anyway, great to see you. Good to and see, we'll you, see too. you soon. Absolutely. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Joining us now is Vancouver-based comedian Miles Anderson, who just released his debut comedy album, Miles From Home. Welcome to What She Said. Nice to be here. Well, you've been doing comedy since grade five, and you've come a long way since then. Tell us about the (laughs) album. What are some of the topics you cover? Well, I, I talk about a lot of things. Uh, I've got lots of jokes about the ocean because I w- was raised on an island, so that was a significant part of my life. Um, also, I talk about uh, school, um, learning about Canadian history instead of American history. Um, I also talk about uh, differences between French and English Canada. I talk about my time uh, living in Paris doing tours. Oh, you were a tour guide um, in Paris? I was a Paris? tour guide in Paris for a while, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, I think that would be a great job. It was. It was very, it was f- super fun. Um, I don't speak French, though, so it was very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised also, you got hired. Yeah, people speak French, like, all day in France. It's crazy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but tour guides, you know, you, so you were obviously only taking the English-speaking people around. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, clearly. Clearly. So, um, you well, you talked about living in Victoria, and you graduated from the University of Victoria with a bachelor's degree in music mm-hmm. and grew up as the only musical sibling out of four children. Yes. So, when did the turn to comedy come about? Um, well, I'd always been the, you know, f- the funny person in the... In the in the class at school, for sure. I think it's, a, it's strange that I'm the oldest of the siblings, and I'm also the one who demands the most attention, uh, which yeah, maybe makes me mentally ill. I don't know. Because, <laughs> yeah, usually it's the youngest hoping for attention, but I was like, not only am I going to get the attention because I'm the oldest, yeah. I'm also going to demand even more attention because I'm a real diva. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever clock how many photographs your parents took of you compared to your youngest sibling? Oh, well, yeah, I have a running tally. I definitely want at least over 67 percent photographs of me (laughs) just really hog it although i think my little sister now probably has way more photos of her than me (laughs) so did you consider a musical career and then say no yeah it was definitely a fantasy of mine but then i realized in classical music if you're not a professional by the time you're 11 years old it's not going to happen and i started lessons at 12 but it's very true that people in classical music have to be pretty successful immediately um just based on i don't know that's just sort of the tradition now yeah especially they have to in be piano. prodigies yeah and piano know? for sure if you play yeah. an mm-hmm. orchestral instrument you can go play for a symphony and and develop that skill and um you know have more normal of a career but Piano is just... uh, So was this a second choice? Comedy? Um, Yeah. I realized when I was going to classical music school that I was better at comedy than playing the piano. (laughs) Go with what you're good at. Um, I think think so. Um, I liked hanging out with comedians more than hanging out with... The classical music crowd, but, but and you and and you're doing well because you were a finalist in uh, the Seattle International Comedy Competition. Yeah, yeah. Is that where you connected with um, Kevin Mayer? Is that how you say? Oh, his name? Uh, the yeah, comedy producer uh, Kevy is sort of Kevy. his nickname. Yes, as he goes by. I actually met him at uh, Heckler's in Victoria. He's kind of the, um, he kind of looks around and, and kind of takes note of comedians that are doing well and recommends them to Six O Four. And um, Seattle was, uh, 
that was kind of an independent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very difficult. It's three weeks of shows um, to make it through all the rounds, and that was very intense. Um, but Kevy saw me at Heckler's is where I was mostly performing at that time, yeah. Okay, so um, let's listen to a clip from Miles from Home and uh, find out what he's talking about. Sure. I, uh, I, I, very, I very reluctantly had to move away from Victoria uh, about half a year ago. Very sad to move. Um, but I had to. I was um, sitting in, uh, in Victoria. I was actually in Beacon Hill Park, to be specific. And uh, I saw a really pretty girl there. And uh, she waved at me. And so I waved back. And uh, <laughs> then I turned around and saw she was actually waving at her friend. So... <laughs> I live in Vancouver now. <laughs> it's very different adjusting to life in Vancouver and the, the large metropolis that it is. It's got, um, you know, the drivers are just as bad as they are in Victoria. They're just much faster, which is scarier. Like a Victoria car accident is the same, but it's so slow. It's usually just two cars like clang, and then a guy gets out. He's like, "I'm a veteran," and you're just like, "Okay, well." (laughs) That's Victoria. I've got allergies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on uh, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Music. Um, my website, milesandersoncomedy.com, has a lot of links to different uh, awesome. ways you can get the album. And well. it's Miles with a Y. Miles with a Y, yeah. All right, thanks for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Even though a woman is feeling 
feeling great on the outside, her bones could be telling a totally different story on the inside. And if ignored, osteoporosis can jeopardize your ability to do things you love and get around on your own. So joining us now to tell us more is Luba Sletkovska. She's the medical advisor of bone health at MGen Canada, Inc. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me here. So Luba, you're here to tell us about a recent Amgen survey, which asked nearly 6,000 women aged 55 plus across nine countries about their lifestyle, their health, and awareness of osteoporosis. First of all, osteoporosis is often called the silent thief. So tell us why. Absolutely. So um, you might not realize that a person might not realize that they have osteoporosis because what happens is um, they experience a bone loss and that happens silently. Nothing really occurs. Nothing really, it doesn't really affect your life. But as your life is passing by, um, you know, with aging, bone loss occurs and that makes bones weaker and it can make them more prone to fracture. And Ultimately, a lot of people might not realize that they're affected by osteoporosis until that fracture happens. Now, I know that estrogen plays a big part for women, and that's. But what are some of the other factors, and, and how does estrogen play the role? Absolutely. So, estrogen is the big differentiating factors between why women are tend to be more prone to osteoporosis. Men can still get it, but women mm-hmm. are at higher risk, and it's really that transition that happens going through the menopause um, and that loss of estrogen or decline that affects our bones. It really accelerates that bone loss, um, and that leads to weaker bones. There are, as you mentioned, other factors as as well. Um, Aging itself, so as I mentioned, men can also get osteoporosis because aging itself may cause bone loss as well. And there's various other factors that, um, you know, it's individual that a person can talk to to talk to their family doctor to figure out what are some of the risk factors that I might have that might put me at increased risk for bone loss. So how do you know then if you have osteoporosis, because, for example, in terms of estrogen, I mean, I think a lot of women uh, take estrogen. Yeah, I was going. To, I, I was right on the money. I was going to say I'm on HRT, so I wear an estrogen patch that mm-hmm. um, I change a couple of times mm-hmm. a week. So does that help? Um, estrogen does have a positive effect on bone. Um, how do you know whether you have osteoporosis? I think a starting point is getting a bone density test. Um, and we found in the survey that we're talking about that um, only about 40% of women aged uh, 50 to 64 are familiar with what bone, men- bone density test really? is. Really? Really. So, and it's a simple test um, where it scans your bones, particularly your hip and your spine, and it tells you how dense your bones are. So it's kind of a starting point um, to figure out whether or not, uh, you know, you might be at increased risk for osteoporosis it's, it's, and osteoporosis fractures. What kind of machine are we talking? Like a, um, it's a, a low x-ray. Low x-ray. You lie on it and it uh, scans your hip and it scans your spine and it um, gives an estimate of what your bone density is. Is there a good base, you know, age To have one done? Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that we also found in the survey was that um, about maybe half of women aged 65 um, had a conversation about osteoporosis and three quarters of them didn't know that uh, they're at increased risk for osteoporosis. And it's the 65 that um, there's a recommendation in Canada and Canadian clinical practice guidelines that somebody that's 65, whether you're a woman or a man, um, you know, you should perhaps have a bone mineral density test done if it's available through your family doctor. And that's your starting point. At least you can figure out that baseline at age 65 
five where you might be with fracture risk. The other way, and this is really what I wanted to want to stress, is it's thinking about fractures. So, um, you know, we tend to think fractures when we're young kids, um, nothing really major. It hurts, you know, we get over it. But really thinking about fractures in people over the age of 50, 80% of fractures in uh, people over the age of 50 occur because of osteoporosis. And there's a staggering, I have your stats right in front of me, 30,000 hip fractures in Canada each year. And Absolutely. a quarter of those are men. So three And at least one in three women. And one in five men will suffer a broken bone from osteoporosis. Exactly. At some point, maybe two. Exactly. And this, I find this stat, uh, like, She's surprising. (laughs) Fractures from osteoporosis are more common than heart attacks, stroke, and breast cancer combined. Combined. Absolutely. Yes, it's a staggering number. And the other thing to realize, and a lot of people don't realize that, is there's a saying in the osteoporosis field, fracture begets fracture. So um, when somebody had a fracture because of osteoporosis, they're at much higher risk for having another Another one. And it's really, you know, when in the initial stages of osteoporosis, it's the less serious fractures that tend to occur, like wrist fracture. But that's a signal for a more serious fracture that potentially might happen down the road, such as hip fracture and uh, vertebral fracture. You know, 30,000 Canadians are affected by hip fractures each year. Only about 40% actually come home after a hip fracture. And only less than half of them will actually regain their mobility. So this is a serious concern. And that's ultimately what needs to be prevented. So is it more, is it geographic at all or by country? Or is it worse some places than others? I'm thinking whether diet influences this at all. Absolutely, diet has an effect. Um, in Canada, um, you know, we also have to worry about vitamin D because we're in the Northern Hemisphere, right? Um, but it's... 5,000 I use a day, I have. So it depends on the person. It depends on the recommendations. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some of the recommendations say anywhere between 800 to 2,000 is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's... Overall, with osteoporosis, it's really important to raise awareness and uh, raise awareness of the fact that these fractures are a serious consideration. So one of the interesting findings in the survey was that um, that three out of five women actually thought that having weak bones was just a normal part of aging. That, that's just it, right? But yet, you know, more than half of the women that were surveyed were surprised to learn that, as you mentioned before, then one in three women can get osteoporotic fractures, right? So to me... It almost begs the question, perhaps women know about osteoporosis, that it's a silent thief, but perhaps we need to have a little bit more conversations about these fractures. You know, they are common and um, they they may lead to um, changes in your life that you might not want to accept, right? So in that survey, we also learned that Canadian women more so than the global counterparts were concerned about being independent. So about 98% said, said you know, I want to be able to do what I want. 83% thought I would be frightened if I couldn't do daily tasks. And that's what fractures end up doing, unfortunately. Now, Luba, um, your PhD project was conducted at the UHN Osteoporosis Clinic. And I am very eager to ask you one question because I have a whole body vibration oh, machine. interesting. And I love it. Um, and I find that like, not only if I'm like st- just standing on it, sometimes t- I know 10 minutes a day is the maximum. Sometimes I just stand on it for f- for five, just mm-hmm. to like, and um, just to loosen up at a mm-hmm. high speed. But what did you find about how these whole body vibration machines build, help build bone density, mm-hmm. or do they? Mm-hmm. Or am I wasting my time? 
So it's an interesting question. We do know that bones respond to physical stimulus. So they respond to exercise. Um, and that's where these whole body vibration platforms came around. Unfortunately, the research study that we've done with that particular platform that we've done, we did not find any effect. It might not be a strong enough stimulus. Um, whether in a specific situation such as yours, um, it makes a difference. It's, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're enjoying it, that's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but really, as, as I've mentioned, it's more important just to think about, you know, having that conversation with your doctor if you're 65 and older if you haven't had a conversation about osteoporosis if you think you had a fracture after the age of 50 that happened during activities of daily living and perhaps um, you know you should not have you fractured did. you had your shoulder but you fell down I mean she I, fell I, down I, no I fell on black shoulder. ice so oh, I see and then it fractured I see I mean it yeah. broke into five pieces mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. but yeah. Does something like that put her more at risk of later? I think that something like that that needs to start a conversation, as I mentioned, right? The the interesting thing because between fractures due to osteoporosis versus regular fractures is that they happen during activities of daily living. It's, you know, yeah. if you had strong mm -hmm. bones, you may not have broken, uh, you know, to determine that it it requires that conversation. Oh, no, you no, could no, get I would a bone have broken. I couldn't have, I couldn't have landed any worse. Gotcha. I mean, gotcha. but I'll tell you what it did do is I was so um, immobilized and and it was it drove me insane. Yeah. So I exactly. know what it would be like to not look after my bones and to have like a, a you know, one of those year, one of those every couple of Absolutely. years where you can't do things. Absolutely. It's very frustrating. Losing your independence. Exactly. Right? Just with daily... With Basic the, things, putting on your clothes, brushing your teeth, and so on. Exactly. Yeah. It's frustrating. Drying your hair. Mm. So yeah. where can people go to get more information? Um, so I'm not sure if you have, and you can share the Public um, Health Agency of Canada uh, website. Mm -hmm. And that's a great starting point. It um, gives a little bit of an education what you can do, what the risk factors are. And talk to your doctor if you okay. have a concern. Luba Slatkowska, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. It was <laughs> lovely. Thanks. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Saturday night and the moon is, who guess what picture you see? 
us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our esteemed film critic Ann Brody and Martin Scorsese's long-awaited The Irishman is out this weekend. What did you think? Oh, my God. It is so good. That is high praise. You if know, I hear, oh, my God, it's so good from Ann Brody, I know. Well. I better reserve my tickets now. Here's proof. It's three and a half hours long. Oh. Went by like that. No. Yeah. It is so intellectually engaging. It is so emotionally engaging. And it's Martin Scorsese's masterwork. And it makes you wonder, will he do more? He's put everything into this. He's brought stars from, from his prior films all the way up. Pacino, De Niro, uh, Joe Pesci. They're all here. What a stunning... It's like a triple oh threat goodness. cast. Like yeah, right? Harvey Keitel. They're uh, all Anna there. Paquin. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So... It and people I've never heard of. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, you. when you see them, you'll recognize oh, them from okay. other Scorsese okay. films, okay. for sure. But what it is, it's the story of uh, Robert Sheeran, who was Sheeran or Sheehan, anyway, who was uh, in the Teamsters Union, but he was mobbed up. And he, he was a stone-cold killer. So he gathers his cast together, and they play interwoven gangsters in New Jersey and New York. And it's based on fact and the number of murders and the grisliness of it all. And I do have a slight problem in that it does glamorize um, psychopathic killers. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, that's a problem. But the way it's put together, it's like this perfect puzzle, this perfectly executed film that seems to be his crowning glory. And De Niro, you wouldn't you wouldn't recognize him. He plays forty odd to eighty or whatever. Um and Joe Pesci also ages in it. And they and Pacino, my God, he plays Jimmy Hoffa. And I'm not spoiling anything to tell you that Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance plays a part in this film. So okay. it just gives me chills thinking yeah. about it. It's so good. So it opens this week in theaters and on Netflix later in the month. So you don't have to see it in a theater, but I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's Scorsese, a retrospective also. Yes, at TIFF. They're, they're showing a number of his greatest films. I mean, it's it's obviously timed for mm -hmm. the excitement around, the, around uh, the Irishman. But what a treat. And the best thing is you get to see the old pictures, and I'm talking for people, millennials like you, Alex, on the big screen Whenever else would you get the chance to see his early mob films on on a massive screen with pristine yeah. sound, you know? So so moving from Scorsese to Roland Emmerich. Yes. He's a famous German director who made a lot of the uh, Godzilla. He made a lot of action films, big blow em up stuff. But he always wanted to do the story of Midway, the, ba the World War II battle in the Pacific, um, in which the Americans were completely outgunned and outnumbered by the Japanese. So he, he does this film, and it is really a cut above most films. And I'm thinking particularly of Pearl Harbor from Michael Bay many years ago, which was like a video game. This is so real and authentic. You feel people's stories. Nick Jonas plays a soldier, and he has one of the great, great scenes and roles of the film. Um, he's quite surprising how, how great he is at this. And Ed Screen is in it, Dennis Quaid, and Kate's friend David Hewlett's in it. 
Hmm. Um, and Patrick Wilson, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> he plays. It's so odd to me to see um, him play a general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's so anti-general. No, right? I know, I know, I know. And you actually have an interview with Roland Emmerich up now on what she said dot uh, com. Yes, very interesting. What man. she said talk dot oh com. He's Sorry. been waiting twenty years to get the, to make this film. So and. Um, Isabel Huppert and Frankie. Yes. Now, Isabel Huppert is is a French actress. She's one of the best-known actors in the world, and she's been at it now for 48 years. So she's in this film, Frankie. She plays a well-known actress who's dying of cancer, and she brings all her family together, three generations of family together, to Sintra in Portugal, which is a beautiful, idyllic place, for a happy vacation, sort of to say goodbye to everybody. But doesn't go as planned. She's she's unable to tell her family members how she feels about them. She's unable to share her how she feels about what's happening to her, and it just becomes all these family um, dissatisfactions and and anger, and it all comes to the surface in this film. But the way the director uses the landscape there has actually something to do with the film and the story. Uh, they, they do a lot of walking out in the desert, and the final scene, and I want people to go and see this, the final scene tells you so much about the journey, and it kind of turns the mirror around right back at you. And you also happen to have an interview with Isabelle Huppert up yes, now yes, on, on our site. Um, I don't know if we have much time, but very quickly, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Oh, my God. We've been waiting this for quite a while. They're launching this huge uh, streaming service with all their 2019 films, their library, the archives. They're doing new shows with Jeff Goldblum. They're doing a new Forky show, which if you know your Disney films, you know who Forky is. Everyone's been waiting a long time. And I've got to tell you, it's pretty cheap. It's like seven bucks a month. Seven bucks a month. Yeah. Well, Annie, uh, soon there'll be no reason to get out of bed at all. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we have to leave it there, but uh, you can find more reviews and interviews now on what she said talk.com. That's it for the show today. We'll be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 1059 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at what she said talk, and we'll talk to you again next weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. 
Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast. That's right. Find us at thecashkidpodcast.com or listen in on places like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.